Welcome to the Lightly Salted Podcast. These are the readings and sermons of St. John's Lutheran Church of Park Rapids, Minnesota. They are offered so that the Word of God would shape and strengthen you to be what He calls you to be, salt and light. You can find us at stjohnspr.org. Now, on to the Word. Our Old Testament reading for this Ash Wednesday, for the amazing grace shown to David, is recorded for us in the second book of Samuel, the 12th chapter. This is after David has committed his adultery with Bathsheba, arranged for the murder of her husband. Uh, Bathsheba has the child, and then the Lord sends Nathan, the prophet, to David to confront him about his sin, to give to him the consequence of his sin, and also to let David know there is even forgiveness for this. And the Lord sent Nathan to David. He came to him and said, There were two men in a certain city, the one rich and the other poor. The rich man had very many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing but one little ewe lamb, which he had bought. And he had brought it up, and it grew up with him and with his children. It used to eat of his morsel and drink from his cup and lie in his arms, and it was like a daughter to him. Now there came a traveler to the rich man, and he was unwilling to take one of his own flock or herd to prepare for the guests who had come to him. But he took the poor man's lamb and prepared it for the man who had come to him. Then David's anger was greatly kindled against the man. And he said to Nathan, As the Lord lives, the man who has done this deserves to die, and he shall restore the lamb fourfold, because he did this thing, and because he had no pity. Nathan said to David, You are the man. Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, I anointed you king over Israel, and I delivered you out of the hand of Saul, and I gave you your master's house and your master's wives into your arms, and gave you the house of Israel and of Judah. If this were too little... I would add to you as much more. Why have you despised the word of the Lord to do what is evil in his sight? You have struck down Uriah the Hittite with the sword and have taken his wife to be your wife and have killed him with the sword of the Ammonites. Now therefore the sword shall never depart from your house because you have despised me and have taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your wife. Thus says the Lord, Behold, I will raise up evil against you out of your own house. And I will take your wives before your eyes and give them to your neighbor, and he shall lie with your wives in the sight of the sun. For you did it secretly. But I will do this thing before all Israel and before the sun. David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said to David, The Lord has also put away your sin. You shall not die. Nevertheless, because by this deed you have utterly scorned the Lord, the child who is born to you shall die. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
Our epistle reading is from the letter of Paul to the Romans, the fourth chapter, where Paul rejoices, even as David did, in the blessedness of forgiveness. Now to the one who works, his wages are not counted as a gift, but as his due. And to the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. Just as David also speaks of the blessing of the one to whom God counts righteousness apart from works, blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord will not count his sin. This too is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I invite the congregation to please stand for the reading of the gospel. Our gospel is recorded for us in the gospel of St. Luke, the 15th chapter, in the section in which Jesus is telling parables about those things that are lost but are found again and saying that there is just as much rejoicing by the angels in heaven over even one sinner who repents. What woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. This too is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Do in peace from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Throughout Lent and Holy Week, we're going to be hearing several stories of biblical figures whose lives demonstrated God's amazing grace. Both the broad sense of His grace in their everyday life and also that more narrow sense his grace and their salvation. As we begin this Ash Wednesday, we start with the story of God's servant, David. As the youngest son of Jesse, and with his family roots in the town of Bethlehem, David had humble beginnings. All that David had and all that David would be was a credit to the grace of God. And David, in all humility, knew this to be true. And his own early life in Bethlehem, well, that reminds us of Jesus, who was born also in the town of Bethlehem and laid in a manger. Jesus is the man of great humility, and through his humility, we have all come to experience the fullness of God's grace that raises up the weak and the lowly. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. When Saul, the first king of Israel, had fallen out of favor with the Lord, God sent Samuel to look for a new king among Jesse's sons. Samuel examined the brothers of David first, but none of them was selected by the Lord. For the Lord said to Samuel, The Lord does not see as mortals see. They look on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. 
There was only one other son of Jesse, David, the youngest, who was out tending the flocks. So Samuel called for David, and the Lord said to the prophet, Rise and anoint him, for this is the one. So in the presence of all of his older brothers, David was anointed to be the next king of Israel, and the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Even though he had been anointed king, it would be many years before David would actually become king. And for a time, he continued as a shepherd. And as he took care of the sheep, he grew in his knowledge of the greater shepherd, the Lord his God. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And there were a number of times when the shadow of death drew near. At least twice David had to rescue sheep, once from a lion, once from a bear. But those only prepared him to stand up when others would just cower in fear. Because yes, Goliath made everyone cower in fear. No amount of bribery would conjole the warriors of Israel into one-on-one combat with Goliath. But David, just visiting the lines, bringing supplies for the people, he was up to the challenge of taking on this giant of a man with just a sling and five small stones. The Lord, who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Goliath would fall to the hand of David. But not because of David's might, not because of David's bravery, but because of the Lord. And Saul would then bless David all the more. He would have David lead his armies against the foes of Israel. And David would become a mighty warrior, graced with much success in his campaigns. David also became friends with Saul's own son, Jonathan. And when they came home in victory, the people would chant, Saul has slain his thousands, David his ten thousands. (laughs) Yet this would only incur the jealousy and the wrath of Saul. So that eventually David became a fugitive as his life was threatened by Saul. You lead me in right paths for your name's sake. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. But God's grace had its impact on David. David knew that God's grace was greater than all animosity and all hatred for one's enemies. So even when David had multiple opportunities to take Saul's life, he chose to spare it. Saul would fall in battle, nonetheless, at the hands of the Philistines. And so also would David's dearest friend, Jonathan. And David was deeply grieved. And he would cry out for them in a deep lament. How the mighty have fallen! The reign of Saul was over. But David's time to rule was just beginning. 
by God's grace, he would be acclaimed king of Judah and soon all of Israel as well. And Jerusalem would then become the capital of his kingdom. And when that happened, David would bring in the Ark of the Covenant into the holy city. And he danced before the Ark to the sounds of music and great festivity. But he also lamented that the Ark had no home or great cedar halls as David himself did as king. So David gave thought to building a house for God, a magnificent temple for the Lord. But God had something more gracious in mind instead for David. He sent the prophet Nathan to remind David of God's plan for him. Go and tell my servant David, thus says the Lord, you shall not build a house for me to live in. For I have not lived in a house since the day I brought out Israel to this very day. But I have lived in a tent and a tabernacle. Thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the pastures and set you as king over my people. And I have been with you wherever you went. I will make for you a name, like the name of the great ones of the earth. Your house and your kingdom, David, shall be made sure forever before, my, before me, and your throne shall be established forever. Humbled by God's great gift of an everlasting covenant, David prayed to the Lord, Who am I, O Lord God? And what is my house that you have brought me thus far? Because of your promise, and according to your own heart, you have wrought all this greatness, so that your servant may know it. Therefore, you are great, O Lord God, for there is no one like you, and there is no God besides you, according to all that we have heard with our ears. As David got older, he would let others lead the armies and fight the battles against the enemies of Israel. He would take his rest in those days. But it's also when he committed his most grievous sins. Walking on the rooftop of his palace in the late hours of the day, David spied a, a beautiful woman bathing on her roof near the palace. Her name was Bathsheba. She was the wife of Uriah. He sent for her. He laid with her. She conceived a child. Uriah was one of David's officers, and David called him back from the battle to give a report. He tried to coax Uriah to go home, spend the night with his wife, thinking that this child maybe then would be passed off as Uriah's own. But Uriah was a disciplined man. He was unwilling to go home while his fellow warriors were spending their nights in the open field. And so even when the next night David calls him in for a great feast in order to get him drunk and send him back home, Uriah wouldn't do it. And so he gave his commander Joab orders. David had Uriah literally carry his death sentence back into the battle. Joab, place Uriah in the front lines. With Uriah murdered, 
David brought Bathsheba into his own home as his own wife. And she bore him a son. It was then that the prophet Nathan is sent to David. Nathan told the king about a poor man in the kingdom who had only one little ewe lamb, but a rich man wanting to throw a feast for his guests instead of taking his sheep from his own flock, took this poor man's lamb instead. David was livid to hear the injustice. As the Lord lives, the man who did this deserves to die. And Nathan said to him, You are the man. And Nathan laid out clearly the evil that David had done, especially that he had despised the word of the Lord and done what was evil. Nathan also laid out the consequences that David would endure, including the loss of this newborn son. David's sins were exposed in his own eyes as well as in the eyes of God. I have sinned against the Lord. Any successes David had had in his life are now laid barren in the absolute truth of his sinfulness. Yet David humbled himself before the Lord. David repented. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. According to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Even from the depths of evil and sin, God can bring out great things. In God's grace, David and Bathsheba would have another son, whom they named Solomon. He would be proclaimed king after David, and grandsons after him would take the throne as God had promised, a house was established, a throne given by God's grace. And through that same son, Solomon, whose name means peace, the eternal peace of God would be established by David's descendant, Jesus, and by his death on the cross. His death was indeed for the sins of his ancestor David. And indeed, the death of Jesus Christ was for us all to redeem us out of the depth of our sinfulness. Listening to David's story, we hear firsthand that he was not a perfect man by any means. He had sinned, and he had sinned greatly and publicly and openly. And he knew, he knew the deep darkness of his sin. Yet in humility... He confessed his sins. And even in his sorrow and his remorse, he found the deep and abiding grace of God's forgiving mercy. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer, my God, 
my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold and my refuge, my Savior. David knew God's steadfast love was not something he deserved. It was a gift of God's grace toward him. And that grace comes through in David's Psalms. And even as God continued to give that grace to David, so He also continues to give us His grace with His steadfast love. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The darkness of death would come upon David. He reigned over Israel for 40 years. Yet in all those years, as throughout his life, the amazing grace of God was with him. And the amazing grace that David experienced in many ways follows our own experience this Lent. We ponder the grace of God's love shown in the cross of Christ for our salvation. Lent is a time for us, like David, to examine our lives. And it means taking a good hard look at our lives and the myriad of sins we have committed. But it also means to grasp in humble faith all the more boldly and all the more firmly the amazing grace that we have received, that we experience in Jesus Christ, David's Son and David's Lord, the one who blots out all of our transgressions, the one who creates in us a clean heart that we might live a new life blessed in Him. As we receive ashes today, we hear the words, dust you are, and to dust you shall return. But the amazing grace given through Jesus Christ is that we also hear these words. Words that you are forgiven. Words that you have peace with God through Jesus Christ. And words that though you are dust, you will be raised again. Amen. And may the peace of God established in Jesus' death and resurrection strengthen you each and every day that you would live in God's amazing grace. Amen. Thanks for listening to Lightly Salted. We'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at stjohnspr.org or look for us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Our thanks to Eric Medeish at soundimage.org for Morning Dew. God's blessings.